each one of us, as we entered this room here this afternoon, carried within us our own stories, stories that are probably full of struggle and strife and challenges. The stories we carry with us, I think, probably look much more like the story we just heard from Megan and Eric than they do like the pictures that we all put on Christmas cards and sent out a couple weeks ago, right? Perfectly posed, every hair in the right spot, just right. So the question becomes, when we enter into the Christmas season, what do we do with that? I think so often what we're tempted to do is kind of stuff all that away for a couple days and try to enter into the celebration and we'll pick it back up on the 26th and, and we'll just try to ignore it. But here this afternoon, I want to encourage you not to do that. I want to encourage you to allow some of the struggle and the strife to occur that you might see God in it. In fact, I would argue with you that, that to seek God in the midst of the struggle and to seek him in the strife is much more like that very first Christmas than we are apt to think. Imagine that first Christmas, Mary and Joseph in a, a town they really didn't know, so, so full, so crowded, they can't find a place to be, can't find a place to sleep. That whole situation was occurring under the threat of a murderous governor. And in the midst of all of that struggle, in the midst of all of that strife, the angel said, good news of great joy. Now, the joy we just witnessed in Megan and Eric's story is not the kind of joy that we always want. We like to have the story be complete, don't we? We want to know, how is this always all, all going to end? Is it, is it going to end well for us? But we saw even in that video, right, another trip to the ER. The story is ongoing. Now, the joy in that video is, is the expression and the quality of love that Megan and Eric were able to experience as a community rallied around them. The meals, the prayers, the visits from friends, the, the presence, the willingness to enter into the mess with them. It's an incredibly tangible expression of love. And it's only possible because of Christmas. Let me explain what I mean by that. Towards the end of your Bible, you're going to find a couple short letters that were written by Jesus' disciple John. Now, much older in years, he's the old apostle John now. And as he wrote to these fledgling Christian communities, he offered them some words of encouragement. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, the old apostle John said this to this community. He said, dear friends, let us love one another. Let us love one another. I think we can all agree the world can use a little more love, can't we? That's, that kind of is something that goes without saying. But of course, in our world, love is a word that we throw around about a lot of different things. We say things like, I love cookies and chocolate cake, right? And so we have to know what exactly does John mean when he says, dear friends, love one another. The best definition I've ever heard of love in terms of the biblical definition is this. We love something or we love someone when we seek what is ultimately good for it or for them. 
When we love someone, we seek what is ultimately good for them. And what is good is defined ultimately by what God says is good. That's what it means to love someone. It's a a choice of the will directed towards another. And as John continues, we're going to see why it's so critical that our definition of love be kind of constrained by the way he thinks about it and by what God says. As the passage continues, picking up in the end of verse 7, John continues, he says, For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. Is that the way you think of God this afternoon? When your mind turns to him, does your mind turn to to love? God is love. Oh, so often I think our minds are, are kind of prone to fill in different words. We say things like God is demanding or he is kind of the one that keeps us from having fun or he's the one that kind of gives us these arbitrary rules. God is a tyrant. Maybe God is to blame. God is distant. God is silent. Those are our words. But God's word clearly says God is love. God is the type of being that is constantly seeking what is good for his creation, for you and for me. That is what he does because it is who he is. John also says that God is the source of love. Love comes from God. And so expressions of love ultimately are born of him because those who are born of God can can emulate, can be filled with his very type of love. We say it's good to love one another, but we cannot forget the source of love is God himself. And so just a moment ago, I mentioned, I believe love like that, love on display is possible because Christmas is true. Let me continue to explain what I mean. Turning to verse 9 of chapter 4, John says this. This is how God showed his love among us. In other words, This is the way it was manifested. This is kind of how he demonstrated his love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God is love, verse 8 says. But being who we are, we're prone to forget that. And so what John reminds us is that the reality of Christmas declares to us and to the world, this is who God is. God is love and he loves us so much that he sent his one and only son into the world for you and for me to rescue us. To rescue us from the mess that the world found itself in through the choices that we as people have made. Jesus came into a mess, born into a messy world, born of a virgin, and then born among the animals, sent and born that we might have life, that we might live through him. God loves us so much that he entered into the mess of our world through sending his only son. I don't know about you, but I don't like messes. 
And I like things kind of spick and span, kind of neat and tidy. You can't have too many Clorox wipes as far as I'm concerned, okay? Don't judge me for that. I like things neat. But a few years ago, this kind of, I don't know, little, little quirk of mine was really put to the test. I led a team of people from this church down to Mexico City, and we all went down there to serve alongside a gentleman that has a ministry in Mexico City, that massive city, to the poorest of the poor. And so one day we woke up and we gathered around to hear what our, our service would be that day, and he told us that Mexico City has massive trash dumps, miles and miles of trash piled three, four stories tall. And in those dumps, there is a community of people that lives and mines that trash in order to find something worth selling. And he said, we're going to go into the dump and we're going to try to give them a bit of food. We're going to give them something to drink and we're going to invite them to come and hear a testimony of the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't like messes. And climbing four stories of trash kind of qualifies as quite messy, but I was astounded. As we drove into that dump, I was astounded as our team piled off that bus and began to scale the heights of all of that trash, giving a little bite of food and a little sip to drink and inviting these people living and working there in to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you have to look at that situation and you say, why? Why would you do that? And of course, the only answer is because of love. Love causes you to enter in. What is God like? Well, God is love. What is his love like when it is demonstrated? Well, it's demonstrated through his son, through Jesus Christ, who entered into our world, right into the mess, to deal with the mess of all messes, to deal with sin, and he offered himself up as an atoning sacrifice for you and for me to do that for us, which we cannot do for ourselves. And the reason is because God is love. On that Christmas long ago, God sent Jesus among us, and in so doing, he entered a messy world. In Christ, God drew near to us. He did that which we could not do for ourselves. And do you know what? He still draws near. He still draws near near because that is who he is. There is no mess that is too big. Whatever you carried in, there's no mess too big. There's no sin that is so severe, but that he would draw near if you would reach out in faith to him. There's no sliding away from him or pushing him away that he won't quickly span the distance for if we reach out in faith. It is who he is because God is love. And so today, perhaps today is the day that for the first time you reach out to him in faith and say, Jesus, save me. He will. Perhaps you've drifted away and you say, God, come near to me. Give me the courage to take a next step. And he will because he loves you. Earlier, we sang that song that we all love, Silent Night. said, Silent Night, Holy Night. I am not sure how silent it was, okay? Anyone who's been around a birth knows this is not a silent night, but it was a holy night. 
Oh, it was a holy night, and there are a lot of different definitions for holy, but in its basic sense, holy just means utterly other, supernatural, not explainable by natural things. This is a night that was so extraordinary, unrepeatable. God did something extravagant, something extraordinary. God sent his son Jesus into the world. He drew into the mess of our lives, of our stories, to save us, that in him we might have life. And he did it all because he loves you. He loves me because God is love. That is a reason to worship. Our Father, we do turn to you, overwhelmed, astounded, floored by your love for us. Lord, your word tells us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You sent your son into the world because you love us. And Jesus, we do praise you. We lift your name up. We thank you that in humility you came in the form of a baby, that you lived among people, that you lived and that you humbled yourself even to death on a cross and that you rose again and you now live and reign forever. We lift your name up. We praise your name. We remember you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.